Welcome to another episode of Trance and Mana. Today we'll explore the role of drug use and how individuals experience trance music and music-induced trances. First, we'll look at the therapeutic uses of psychedelic drugs. Then, we'll focus on recreational use and more specifically how these drugs have shaped the complex, exclusive psytrance scene in Israel. In tandem with electronification, the increased prominence of psychedelic recreational drugs has given rise to the modern electro-trance scene. The electro-trance scene as it is today draws heavily on Goa trance and swept nightlife scenes beginning in the late 80s. Combining recreational drug use and music is neither unique to this scene nor to the 20th and 21st centuries, but it wasn't until the 1950s that substances like LSD and MDMA in particular came into wider use. While cultural, the cultural role they took on in the West beginning in the 1960s gave them a stigmatized subversive reputation, in recent years, Scientists, specifically neurologists and psychologists, have begun studying and implementing these drugs as a therapeutic tool. Both LSD and MDMA have shown promising results in treating chronic, difficult conditions like alcoholism and depression. But given the strong nature of these drugs, researchers have been trying to facilitate the safest, most effective conditions for psychedelic treatment. And this is where music comes in. The aim of psychedelic use in therapy is to achieve what the famous psychologist Maslow describes as a peak experience. This peak experience is a state wherein an individual gains insight into themselves or something that's been plaguing them via stopping what's known as their ego functioning or a barrier that would allow them from having this peak experience otherwise. This experience is followed by an intensity of emotions that can be positive or negative. This peak experience is in turn the locus of therapeutic healing and in some cases has led to permanent behavioral change, for example, the end of a period of depression or problems with drinking or drug use. Maslow actually praised LSD in particular as having a unique ability to facilitate this state. Um, And the peak experience can actually be thought of as a more psychological scientific approach to looking at a state of trance or ecstasy. The only distinction with the peak experience being that it must bring about insight. Um, in Music and Trance, a theory of the relations between music and possession, Gilbert Rouget defines the term trance and ecstasy as follows. A trance is characterized by movement, noise, company, crisis, sensory overstimulus, amnesia, and a lack of hallucinations. Ecstasy, on the other hand, features immobility, silence, solitude, no crises, sensory deprivation, recollection, and hallucinations. The components of Rouget's definitions of both ecstasy and trance were present in a 2017 study by Dr. Mendel Kalin at Imperial College London that focused on the role music could play in achieving Maslow's peak experiences via psychedelic therapy. To do so, Kalin and his team of researchers compared the results of psychedelic therapy sessions with one pool of patients. The patients were asked to describe their experiences in therapy sessions where LSD was used on its own and then where LSD was used supported by music that had been selected by the researchers. They also underwent MRIs to see how these sessions physically affected brain connectivity. This study drew on earlier findings that subject surroundings had a significant impact on how they experienced LSD and how effective LSD was as a therapeutic tool. Music was identified as one of the strongest external influences that played a part in the general surrounding. 
Kalen breaks down three reasons for the efficacy of music in LSD therapy. And these reasons are music's ability to affect mood, its capability to provoke personal moments, personal memories of a patient, and its potential to facilitate peak experiences. Kalen also notes that music helped patients better articulate what they had experienced in psychedelic therapy sessions, in part because the moods and emotions it brings on are more complex and nuanced. The study noted that the following music-provoked emotions were present after taking LSD and dominated some of the patient's therapy sessions. Wonder, transcendence, power, tenderness, nostalgia, peacefulness, and joyful activation. These findings overlap heavily with Rouget's definitions of both trance and ecstasy. Patients also experienced unwelcome feelings, but a state of trance isn't necessarily negative or positive, and neither is a peak experience. Furthermore, these negative experiences still pro were proven to have therapeutic properties. As Kaylin described, the experience sometimes included emotions such as increased grieving or tearfulness. Furthermore, an attitude of openness towards negative music-evoked emotions was frequently described as an important therapeutic aspect and allowed for expression and resolution in, in unresolved inner conflicts. While the genres of music that they used in the studies were not explicitly tarab or trance music, their melodic and rhythmic structures were exceedingly similar to traditional trance music from Mena. The most effective songs in the study or the songs that brought about peak experiences most often, featured simple yet repetitive melodies and rhythms, and were even more powerful if this repetition gradually built to a crescendo. Rouget also draws this conclusion, writing, rhythmic breaks and accelerando crescendo are universals of possession music. One individual compared the music played in the study to a cavalli they were familiar with and found particularly beautiful. Another participant also noted that the Arabic music played and selected by the researchers was the most effective and powerful in their therapeutic experience of all the songs played. The efficacy of repetition is also backed by another study that was conducted by American researchers Agres, Bigo, Aramens, and Conklin. This study focused explicitly on how repetitive structures influence a listener's enjoyment of trance music, and they analyzed harmonic repetition in electronic trance music. The researchers found that the lowest enjoyment ratings were elicited when the second eight bars contained only some of the same chords as the first eight bars played. Combined, these two studies attest to the scientific promise and merits of trance music as a therapeutic tool especially when used in tandem with psychedelic drugs. While studies like the ones discussed have helped put an end to some of the subversive elements of psychedelics that emerged with different subcultures, recreational drug use is still very present and stigmatized in some cultures and is especially prominent in Israel and Israeli psytrance. The Israeli psytrance scene sprung from a desire to recreate the scene that had emerged in Goa, um, but was also becoming very popular in Europe at the same time. Initially, young Israelis treated psytrance as a means of escapism and also found it to be rather therapeutic as this generation was growing up in the age of post-Zionism um, and also an age of globalization. 
and they really just desired to leave behind the tense domestic politics that they grew up in and were beginning to be forced into being involved with um, or feeling that they had to be involved with. And they also wanted a way to kind of deal with um, inevitability of uh, conscription into the Israeli Defense Forces. And so Psytrance took on a semi-therapeutic role in this case as well. The Israeli Psytrance scene emerged in the late 1980s as an offshoot of psychedelic electronic dance music culture, or PEDMC. Initially, it was treated as a small trend within the larger Israeli nightlife scene, but over time, it has developed unique characteristics and structures that distinguish it from other instances of recreational drug use in the context of clubbing, and a modern take on trance music in the context of clubbing. A 1989 Israeli re police report noted the growing presence of Israeli psytrance um, by being concerned with the drug use present these raves, and they reported that these raves were drawing crowds of 40,000. So what started as cathartic and therapeutic for these revelers um, eventually took on a much more political aspect and ended up dividing groups along lines of music, drug use, drug access, um, access to parties, and an interpretation of what trance means, creating very distinct in and out groups. While these raves were framed as a therapeutic and inclusive experience, they soon took on a vocabulary that excluded some groups on purpose. The parties themselves were called Mezabot Teva, which means nature party. While the scene itself, the Israeli side trance scene that is, was is more widely referred to as Instead of referring to it as transistim, um, the attendees, organizers, and those invited actually refer to themselves as anashim yafim, which means the beautiful people. And in actuality, beautiful people ends up denoting just secular Ashkenazi elites within Israel. Um, so those who have the money to go out and go clubbing, those who have the money to buy LSD and MDMA and other drugs and access them, which are, one, difficult to come by because they're still illegal and heavily regulated, and two, rather expensive once you are able to come by them. Um, so this question of money uh, first limits those who can participate in this Israeli side trance scene but then those participating in the scene limit those they invite on a second layer. Um, and so while you have this Anashim Yafim, you also have those they refer to as Arsim, and those are individuals that they exclude on purpose. And Arsim literally means pimps or jerks. And those included in this group are Arabs and Jewish people of North African and Middle Eastern descent. Um, the music played at these Mezabat Tevas share some qualities that the scientists in the studies we discussed identified as promoting a trance state. They feature, um, as Schmidt and Navon describe, the hypnotic cadence of 145 beats per minute of repetitive hard-hitting four-on-the-floor beats that lend the music a certain primordial intercultural appeal with the non-stop thumping of the digitally tempered bass line resembling the pulses of a heart. 
Successful DJs produce a smooth flow of music that can momentarily transport participants into a kind of collective equilibrium. So in combination with drug use, this this collective equilibrium they're uh, referring to is kind of this modernized um, take on on the pursuit of reaching a trance state, or it can also be seen as the equivalent of a peak experience. Um, And as I mentioned, drug use at Mezabat Tevas also enforces the elitist nature of trans-esteemed culture. And some of the Arsim, beyond being able to afford and access drugs, some identified as Arsim abstain from substance use altogether, which also would exclude them from the um, Anashim Yafim or trans-esteem group. Furthermore, the culture building around the Israeli psytrance scene and associated drug use has also obscured the original goal of reaching a trance state altogether, and other offshoots that have arisen um, to combat the exclusivity of the trans-esteem scene also reflect this obscuring of the original goal. One example of this is the Orthodox Jewish take on Mezabat Tevas. Um, and these are actually called dosibot, um, which originate from the Hebrew slang term for Orthodox Jewish people. Dosibots avoid drugs and alcohol entirely, but also don't pursue a trance state via music and or dancing. Rather, they serve as a way for young Orthodox men and women to socialize and potentially start a relationship. This shows how an individual's group's values imbue the experience they have with this music and any associated substances and additions, and how, depending on a group's values, this can take a completely different direction from the original um, the original purpose and means of achieving this purpose. So Dosibot started as a reaction to the exclusivity of Mazibat Tevas, and the orthodox exclusion or self-exclusion um, from these events. Author Schmidt Navon proposed that the exclusivity and active drug presence of trans-esteem culture could also result in other excluded groups, such as Palestinians, Arabs, and North Africans, forming their own distinct psytrance scenes with their own qualities and uh, language. As we've seen, while drug use and trance music can be combined to produce impressive therapeutic effects that merit further study and speak to an interesting physical biological effect, um, they can also be implemented as a divisive tool that creates distinct in and out groups and obscures any sense of the traditional trance and terror music that inspired these events in the first place.